If you're listening to this podcast, it's because you're interested in LA, or maybe you're planning a trip, and you probably have questions, lots of questions. Circa's new concierge feature will change how you travel. You can connect with us directly through the Circa app and we'll put you in touch with your very own local concierge to ask any questions you have. No matter when you're traveling, let us help make your trip to Los Angeles one to remember. For a limited time only, the Circa Concierge is completely free. So download the Circa app from the iOS app store and connect with us. You've got questions, we've got the answers. Circa, love the world you live in and we'll help you explore it. Welcome to Circa. In this two-part Drive Here episode, we will be listing a lot of places, things to see, do, and taste as we road trip the California coast, one of the most scenic stretches in the United States. We have so much to share, we've created two parts to this episode. We're going to give you a lot of information, but don't worry, there will be maps and notes for you in the Circa app. If you're heading to LA or just California dreaming, relax and enjoy the ride. This is a bucket list trip. Let's drive. Circa, love the world you live in and we'll help you explore it. In a city synonymous with car culture, the road trip might be the premium experience. How to get out of the city, into nature, onto the slopes, or into trouble is a common topic of conversation in Los Angeles. Great road trip stories let you hold court at dinner parties and land you some enviable Instagram photos. We're going to take you on a road trip that is the best drive for driving's sake in all of California, probably in the United States, perhaps even the world. The Pacific Coast Highway. The PCH is beautiful, but it's also a journey through the origin story of California. The earliest Native American communities occupied this ground as long as 19,000 years ago. They harvested maize and hunted buffalo on these grounds until the first Europeans moved in. The first buildings that the Spanish constructed during the 1700s are still standing. Missionaries, pioneers, Wild West cowboys, and gold rush hunters all belong to SoCal's history. Surfing, strawberries, wine, and spas belong to its present. Now, let's have it all, shall we? Traveling California This trip is a journey backwards through Californian history. We're starting out in Los Angeles, a city that's newer than San Francisco to the north and San Diego to the south, where people come to see what's right now, what's setting trends, what the future of entertainment might be. This is a road trip, so you'll need a car. For a little inspiration, visit the Peterson Automotive Museum on Fairfax Avenue in Mid-City. Everything from James Dean's Porsche to the electric cars of the future, or head to Burbank on the valley side of the Hollywood Hills on Friday afternoon, 
Starting around 4 p.m., the parking lot of Bob's Big Boy, a burger joint that opened back in the 1940s, begins filling up with the most beautiful collection of American vintage Mustangs, Chicano lowriders, restored 50s Cadillacs, muscle cars, big block Chevys, foreign exotics. It's an automotive show and tell. I used to work at a studio across the street, and from my fourth floor window, I would watch each Friday as beautiful cars from every era and every color and style pulled into the parking lot. They're proud owners, showing them off, letting admirers have a look under the hood or a seat behind the wheel even. It's a little slice of L.A. life that draws from a hundred years of California car culture. The first tourists in California did not arrive by wheel. They arrived by sea. European ships sailing from the Spanish and British Empire during the 1500s explored the coastline, but didn't set up shop. On landing here, they would have encountered Native Americans from as many as 30 different tribes, numbering in the hundreds of thousands. During the 1700s, trading posts were established for the British, Spanish, and Russians with a particular interest in hides and furs from the Pacific coast. One of the most important trading posts was located in Monterey, We'll come back to this. The Spanish, which used the Pacific coast of North America as a stopover point on long journeys to and from Manila, decided it was in their interest to establish control of California. Toward the end of the 18th century, they began sending missionaries and soldiers to, as they put it, civilize the natives and claim the land for the Spanish Empire. In 1781, settlers arrived from Spanish Mexico to found Los Angeles. Never mind, it was on land that was arguably already settled by the Tongva native village of Yanga. It's also of note that of these 44 colonialists, only two were white. The Tongva would become slave labor in the effort to build the Pueblo of Los Angeles. The remains of Yanga are likely buried under the 101 freeway in downtown L.A., Olvera Street in the historic district contains the oldest building in L.A., the Avila Adobe, built in 1818 with thick walls of adobe brick. The adobe bricks were composed of earth and mud, clay, silt, and straw, and the building walls, nearly three feet thick, are extremely durable. You'll see them throughout California, marking the earliest colonial buildings. Take a quick visit to the historic L.A. Plaza and tour the Avila Adobe most days of the week. And it's worth a trip from mid-October till the end of November for Dia de los Muertos festivities. Just a reminder, the names and places you hear in this episode will be in the notes for you and in the Circa app, where you can see them on a map and with all the info you need to help you plan a trip. Before we put some miles on those wheels, one last thing to see. Outside the church on the corner of the old historic plaza, there is a nondescript 11-foot shepherd's crook pole with a bell hanging from it. It doesn't look like much to see at first, but this marks the very first bell of El Camino Real, erected here in 1906. As you take this road trip, you'll see these bells along your route. They mark the path that connects all 21 California missions. There are, apparently, 585 bells stretching from San Diego to Sonoma.
the best road trip in the world. Welcome to the main event. This fabulous drive will take you from Los Angeles all the way to Monterey, and we're going to take the scenic route. Straight on, this trip will take around six hours, but you won't do it all in one day, obviously, because that's not the point of the scenic route. You could do it in two or three or four or even five. Linger, enjoy, take your time. You don't have one destination. You have many, and they're all excellent. Pick up Route 1, the Pacific Coast Highway in Santa Monica, and point your car north. For the first small stretch of getting out of Los Angeles, you'll enjoy stunning views of the Pacific Ocean on your left as you pass through Santa Monica, the Pacific Palisades, and then Malibu. Look out for dolphins and pelicans, especially if you're driving early in the morning. If you leave a little later, there are lovely and picturesque places to stop for brunch in Malibu, like Moonshadows, for oysters on the half shell and a crispy potato galette topped with smoked salmon and creme fraiche. My recommendation is to pick up your brunch to go by ordering from Broad Street Oyster Company in Malibu. Definitely order ahead, by the way, because the line can stretch around the building. But there's a to-go window at the back that's the secret to making this a quick stop. Get yourself a couple of lobster rolls with classic butter, mayonnaise, and chives, or topped with caviar for the truly indulgent. Pair these with a Mexican Coke. Before you pick up your brunch, you can take a quick stop at Aviator Nation Dreamland for some pure L.A. 70s-inspired surf culture style. Get the perfect California striped hoodie for cool evenings, if you can afford it, for around $200. You'll see the retro orange and white sign on your right in Malibu. By the way, the PCH is a famous route for cyclists. Many world-class bicycle racers train up and down these hilly miles, so while you're driving, keep your eyes open and don't hit anyone. Just north of Malibu, you'll wrap around Point Doom. Park here for Pirate's Cove. It's easy to miss the sign, so if you do, keep going to Point Magoo, where you'll see a giant rock on your left right beside the road. Both are really lovely, and you can eat your lobster rolls right by the ocean on the beach where they'll taste, if possible, even better. After Point Magoo, Route 1 will veer inland for a bit as it passes through the city of Oxnard, where it will collide with the 101 freeway. If you're so inclined, you can stop at the Camarillo outlets along the way. There are dozens of shops with everything from Nike to Jimmy Choo to the Disney Store. Continue on the 101 North. We're heading to Santa Barbara. Along this stretch, Highway 1 and the 101 freeway are the same. What is now known as the Pacific Coast Highway was officially given that name in 1964. It came to be as a series of individual infrastructure projects connecting towns and cities up and down the coast and eventually was strung together into one long road that you can pick up in San Diego and drive all the way to Washington State. The Pacific Coast Highway. Hi everyone, Circa is recruiting new concierges. A Circa concierge is a friend to ask anywhere in the world. Real people, on the ground, never bots. If you want to be a concierge for your city, go to circatravel.com to sign up. Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. 
Bite Clear aligners are doctor directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Santa Barbara. Exit the 101 at Garden Street, and you'll be right in downtown Santa Barbara, among the blocks by the ocean known as the Funk Zone. About 90 miles north of Los Angeles, this small city is just far enough to be away, but just close enough to get into the city when you need to. It's a top locale for wealthy Angelinos to buy Spanish colonial-style country homes with long verandas and citrus trees and views of the Pacific Ocean. Plenty of stars live here. Think Gwyneth Paltrow, Rob Lowe, Oprah, and so on. As with most of SoCal, Santa Barbara was colonized first by the Spanish, who attempted to convert the Native American population to Christianity. In pursuit of this goal, the first Santa Barbara mission was completed in the 1780s, but fires and earthquakes meant that the mission was rebuilt and renovated several times over the next century. Still, the interior of the building has remained very much the same since 1820. A community of Franciscan friars still resides at the mission, as they have since 1786. Not the same ones, obviously. You can tour the buildings, the gardens, and the historic cemetery most days of the week for less than $20. And as the mission is located on top of a hill just outside downtown, the view from the front steps looks out over the city and the ships anchored offshore, and the sunset from here is breathtaking. The streets of downtown Santa Barbara are full of wine-tasting rooms, shops, antique stores, and little art galleries. None of them cheap, but all of which showcase very pretty things. On Saturday mornings downtown and Tuesday afternoons along State Street, there's a great farmer's market with all the best from the region, like cherries and apricots, peaches, apples and strawberries, so many strawberries, Plus, delicious cheese, bread, beautiful fresh flowers, honey, eggs, meat, and fish. There will be farmer's markets all along your drive on various days. We won't list them all here in this episode, but we'll put some in the notes for you. Also, on Saturday morning, head over to the pier at Santa Barbara Harbor for the seafood market. The local fleet pulls in and sells their catch fresh off the boat. Crab and rockfish, sea urchin, abalone, and shrimp. There are plenty of places to stay in Santa Barbara, including family-friendly glamping at El Capitan Canyon, where you can rent a decked-out yurt or cedar cabin along a little creek. The market there can load you up with firewood and a grill kit packed with anything from hot dogs to ribs and, of course, s'mores. You'll want to reserve a spot here, though. It books up during summer weekends. At the historic Montecito Inn, founded by Charlie Chaplin, next door to Santa Barbara, you can stay in a charming country-style guest room with a Mediterranean courtyard and pool. Rates can get pricey, though, starting at around $400 per night. Also housed in the inn is a Michelin-starred restaurant, Sushi Bar, where you can indulge in a 17-course omakase experience. Individual bites of fish like scallop, bluefin toro, salmon, and prawn, each prepared with a California spin. 
The restaurant is small and intimate, and you can sit right up close and watch the chefs prepare your meal, but plan to reserve your spot at least a month in advance and pay around $150 per person. In the downtown funk zone, Locoria is a great spot for beautiful cocktails and Spanish paella with fresh seafood. The restaurant's reservations fill up, but the secret is that the bar is first come and first serve, and they're the best seats in the house. Grab a cushioned stool and order from the full-service menu. No matter when you're in town, make time for ice cream. Santa Barbara has well more than its fair share of delicious ice cream shops, including the original McConnell's, which was founded in the city in 1949. At the downtown shops, you can find limited edition flavors, perhaps strawberry rhubarb made with local berries, or get the Eureka Lemon and Marionberry, called the best ice cream in the world, and only available here. Now for something to drink. Santa Barbara has beautiful beaches and plenty of waterfront activities to engage you. Kayaking, whale watching, surfing, and more. But especially in summer, these beaches fill up. So instead, hop in your car and continue up the coast for about 30 minutes to Refugio State Park. You'll pay 10 bucks to park, but the beach here is far less crowded and the water is calm. As you continue your drive along the 101, you'll veer inland through the canyons. You're heading into wine country. If you have kids with you, or even just for the novelty of it, make sure to pop off of the 101 when it meets Highway 246 and head east to stop in Solvang and wander around this little Danish town. The first European construction here was the Santa Ines Mission, founded in 1804 on ground occupied by the Chumash tribe. Forty years later, the first seminary in California was established here to train young men to be priests. The town of Solvang was founded in 1911 by a couple of Danish Americans. And after World War II, this little piece of California was designed and built up in the old world Danish style, complete with faux windmills. The small Elverhoy Museum in town tells the history of its Danish heritage. As you pass through Solvang, turn left on Alamo Pintado Road, just after the main stretch of shops, and take a gentle drive through the country. Along the way, you'll pass wineries with wine tastings advertised on the signs out front. The locals who work the tasting rooms are always happy to meet new people and show off their vineyard's riches. You don't need to know anything about wine. They'll be thrilled to teach you. You'll hit a couple of adorable little towns as you wander north. Los Olivos and shortly after Los Alamos. The country market in Los Olivos can stock you up with provisions if you need. We recommend going Friday through Sunday and getting their mouthwatering tri-tip sandwich, which at the time of this writing, they only grill on the weekends. It's messy enough to be satisfying, but still possible to eat in your car. Or drop in for lunch up the road at Bell's in Los Alamos, holder of a Michelin star. For blissful French Californian cuisine, like a silky chicken liver mousse or steak tartare with slender fries. 
Make reservations to be safe, but the restaurant does try to keep some walk-up tables open. San Luis Obispo. Stop in San Luis Obispo for the evening, a good solid jumping off point for the rest of your drive up the windy coast. Like Santa Barbara, the adorable town of San Luis Obispo was founded by the Spanish who began the construction of a mission in 1772. The San Luis Obispo de Tolosa mission is open for visitors and you can take a guided tour of the chapel and the grounds almost any day at 1.15 in the afternoon. On weekends, you should give them a ring to reserve your spot. Some Friday evenings, especially over the summer, the plaza in front of the mission will have live music and dancing. San Luis Obispo, S-L-O, or slow, as the locals call it, is the town that the automobile built. It sits about halfway between San Francisco and Los Angeles, and thus became a very popular stopover point on the drive between the two cities. So much so that in 1925, San Luis Obispo became home to the first motor inn or motel in the world. It was originally called the Milestone Motel, and while it closed for good in 1991, its signature mission-style bell tower is still there and now a part of the Apple Farm Inn. This region of California is renowned for its Santa Maria-style barbecue, a fat tri-tip steak seasoned with salt, pepper, and garlic, set on an iron grate and grilled over coals of California red oak. It's served traditionally with pico de gallo salsa, toasty buttery French bread, and pinquinto beans native to this region, small pink beans slow-cooked with bacon and chipotle peppers. This meal has been a tradition here since the mid-1800s when ranchers would cook it for their cowboys. California red oak coals were essential for cooking on open grills during windy evenings on the Central Coast. Thankfully, you can get delicious tri-tip without having to rope any cattle. Firestone Grill has a region-famous tri-tip for a reasonable price, and you can have it with a bucket of crispy fries. You'll order from a counter and eat at sticky tables, or you can take it to go, which I'd personally recommend unless you're with kids. Slow is loaded with good restaurants, though, and you should spend just a bit of time wandering these charming streets. If you're staying for the evening, you can have one last glass of local Pinot at the bar on the roof of Hotel San Luis Obispo and take in 360-degree views of the town and the surrounding hills. Hotel Slow has lovely rooms as well, but we'd send you to the Granada Inn. The building was a brothel in the 20s and 30s. Today, it's a thoroughly charming, jazz-era-inspired boutique hotel with modern appointments and an excellent cocktail bar, plus free bikes you can borrow to explore the town. We've reached the end of part one of our road trip up the PCH. In part two, we're leaving slow and entering the part of California with scenery so breathtaking, you'll have a hard time keeping your eyes on the road. But you'll want to, because you'll be driving on the sheer edge of a cliffside road as you wind your way through Big Sur. So in any event, get a good night's rest.
I'll see you in part two. Circa, love the world you live in, and we'll help you explore it.